I want to dive into today's uh, message. We are in part two of a series that started last week. Uh, the series was birthed out of me just praying and saying, God, I need you to give us direction for the fall. We're walking out of something we've never walked out of. And, and, and when I say walking out of, we're really walking into a new place. Uh, there's a new normal. I, you know, some people are like, hey, we want to go back to the way things used to be. I want you to know it's never going to go back. There is a new normal that is taking place. But regardless of the shifts in society, regardless of what is happening around us, whether it's social unrest, whether it's the economy, uh, whether it's the, the health crisis, we as believers can be anchored to God. And this thought came from Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, it says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. So I thought about, okay, God, as a Christian, things can happen, but I don't have to drift. Sometimes you can feel like, God, I feel lost. God, I'm drifting. God, where are we going? But I want you to know that God has anchors for your soul that there are some things that we can lock into, we can learn from the Word of God that will anchor us no matter what storm is happening. Now, we'll feel the effects of the wind and the effects of the waves, but we don't have to drift. We don't have to get lost. And so I believe today uh, God's going to anchor you like never before. We have been in the passage of Second Chronicles chapter 20. We started it last week. Uh, let me give you a little bit of background if you're just tuning in today. It's the story of the nation of Judah. It's found in the Old Testament. And uh, Judah was a nation that was really given to God, God's people. And King Jehoshaphat was the king. And uh, back in the Old Testament, they had kings that led the people of God. And he happened to be a good king. Some kings were good. Some were bad. Jehoshaphat was good. He led the people back to worship uh, for God and with God, and he loved God, he served God. And in this passage in chapter 20 of Second Chronicles, what we find is Jehoshaphat is being surrounded by enemies. They're coming to attack the nation of Judah and destroy it. And so here we have Jehoshaphat in the middle of a national crisis. I felt like the Lord said, just as he was in a crisis, we're in a crisis. And so what is it that he did? How did he respond? Because how he responded gives us a pattern of some things that we can do to anchor our soul in the middle of this pandemic and crisis that we could find ourselves in. And so Jehoshaphat, in the middle of the crisis, he turns to the Lord. Uh, he prays and leads the nation in a time of fasting. And then what happens is uh, the, the people come uh, together and as they're praying and fasting, God begins to speak to them and give them a strategy to go out and to defeat the enemy. Now I want to pick up the story in verse 12 today in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Look, it says, this is Jehoshaphat. He's praying. He says, our God will not judge. Will you not judge them? Judge who? The enemy. So look, God, they're coming against us, your people. I'm asking you to judge them. He says, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Have you ever felt like you didn't have any power? Felt like you just don't have what it takes to face the enemy that is coming towards you. Look, these words are so profound. He says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
when you don't know what to do. That's what last week's message was all about. What do I do when I don't know what to do? If you missed it, I want to encourage you, go to Apple iTunes and uh, you can search up Anchor Ben TX. You can listen to it on the podcast. You can go to YouTube, check it out. It's a powerful message of what do I do when I don't know what to do. Now he continues to go on. Look, he says, this is what the Lord says. So, so here we're seeing God speaking to Jehoshaphat. He's speaking through a prophet, a man who is speaking on behalf of God. He says, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. And I want you to know this morning, that's a word from God for you, that God wants you not to be afraid. He doesn't want you to be discouraged. Look, he says, by this mighty army. So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by what it looks like on the outside. Whatever is coming against you in your life, look, don't be afraid of them. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Think about that. It's not even your battle to fight. It's God's battle to fight on your behalf. And it says, tomorrow, march out against them. So the Lord gives instructions, but you will not even need to fight. So you're going to go out and march against this enemy, but he's reiterating, you're not going to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. So, so, so I'm going to watch the Lord's victory. And then he says, look, he's with you. Oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. And then it goes on and it says, look, early the next day, the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. I, I find that very interesting that to go and experience the, the victory that God has for them, a sweatless victory, a, a victory that God would fight on their behalf, a battle he would fight, God sends them to the wilderness. They've got to go to the wilderness to fight. Some of you feel like you're in a wilderness. I want you to know if that's you, I'm believing you're in position for a miracle. You're in the position for a breakthrough. You say, God, I can't hear you. God, I don't feel you. I feel like you've lost. I'm lost. I'm, I feel in a wilderness, a dry and weary place. I want you to know you're in position for a miracle. Then it says on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen. So now he's talking to the people. He said, I want you to listen to me. All the people of Judah and Jerusalem here he's going to give some instruction, and this is where I want to spend our time this morning. He says, believe in the Lord your God. So I want you to believe in God, and when you do, this is what's going to happen. You will be able to stand firm. I say stand firm. That means steadfast. That means immovable, unshakable. I'm going to be firm in my stance and where I'm at in life. Why? Because I believe in God. And then look at the second part. He says, believe in His prophets and you will succeed. You will succeed. And so I want to spend a few moments talking about these two things that will become anchors to our soul. I think Jehoshaphat gives us the, the, the example. Hey, look, there's a crisis, but man, here's some anchor, anchors that you can have in your life. And one of the things he understood in his life is that battles are fought and won in a place of dependence. Think about that. Battles are fought and battles are won in a place of dependence. Now, when I say that word dependence, uh, that, that is to some people a very scary word. That's, that's a word that's like, I, I don't want to depend on anybody. I mean, how many of you ever, like, I don't need you. Have you ever said those words? I, I don't need, I, I got this. Anybody ever say, I got this? There's something inside of us since we were little kids that is ingrained in us 
that we don't need help. I got four kids, four amazing kids. And uh, my, my little girl, Addison, just the other day, we were unloading some groceries from our car. And so we're all unloading groceries and Addison grabbed this big bag of groceries. And so we're, we're heading into the house. I saw she was struggling. I'm like, Addison, hey, hold on, baby. I, I got you. Let, let me go ahead and help you with it. And she said, no, no, dad, I got this. I know you're stronger. And I thought, no, it's no big deal. No, 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 I got it. Why? Because she wanted to be independent. There's something about it. Like, I got this. I can handle this. Why? Because we don't want to feel weak. We don't want to feel insignificant or inferior. And it doesn't really stop when we get older. We just know how to dress it up a little bit better, right? As adults, I mean, we're not going to walk around. I mean, but inside, there are some things. We, we just dress it up. It's a little more polite, a little more polished. I thought about the other day when I was in Tyler, Texas, Phyllis and I were with Steve and Stephanie, my brother and sister-in-law and our families, and we went to the grocery store, and Phyllis and I were like, hey, we're just going to go in and get a few things. Well, a few things <laughs> ended up into a huge basket full of stuff. So we're pushing this cart, and we got all these drinks. We got pizza. We have, oh, I got to get some ice cream. Got me some of that double dark chocolate ice cream. Just amazing. Filling it all up. We go check out. And the cashier's ringing us up. There's a lady there bagging all the groceries. They're putting it in the basket. No big deal. I pay for it. I start to head over to the, the, the basket and the grocery cart. And I'm about ready to, to, to grab it and start walking out the door. She said, no, 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 sir. No, no, you, you don't have to do that. I said, no, no, it's okay. I got it. No, she said, he's got it. And she pointed to this young, handsome, dapper, strapping young man with muscles and uh, said, he's got it. I, you know, I was kind of shocked. I'm like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. Like, no, I, I don't need it. I know you see some gray in this hair, but your boy's been working out. The coronavirus diet has been doing amazing things for me. I got it. And I really walked over there and I said, hey, look, bro, I got it. He's like, no, no, sir, sir. Okay. You got, okay, so, so I'm feeling really uncomfortable. So he's walking me out. He, he goes to the car. He loads the groceries. And I thought, isn't that interesting how, for me, I had it. I didn't want to depend. I got it. I'm strong. But, but there are moments what I recognized where I have pushed the hand of God away. I've not allowed him to help me because I feel like I've got it. And I've recognized the battles are fought and won. And victory is achieved through the dependence on God, just like Jehoshaphat. Paul knew this as well. He says, look, look in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, but this he said to me. This is a story where Paul has prayed to God. There's a thorn in his side, and uh, he's asking God, God, get rid of it. It's been bothering him. There's, and so he says, look, God says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient. What is God's grace? Look, and then he says, this is the Apostle Paul, man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the man who has been through all hardship. If anybody was strong, it's the Apostle Paul. He says, look, for my power is perfected in weakness. Who's he talking about? God. So, so here he's saying, look, God's power is perfected in weakness. The moments that we need help, the moments that we need strength. The moment that we need grace, he says, look, God's power, look, it's perfected in weakness. That's what God is speaking to him. And then look at what it says, therefore, I will boast all the more. This is the apostle Paul and uh, gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. 
the power of Christ rests on me. How? In my weakness. And look, he says, that's why for the sake of Christ, I delighted in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, think about this, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Then I'm strong. It's in our weakness that we become strong. Why? Because we're not strong in our own strength. We're not strong in our own power. We are strong in the power of of God. I will go back to that verse in uh, verse uh, 20. Look, this is something I want us to get. Now, I believe Jehoshaphat, when he speaks this, is speaking to us about how to have anchors in the middle of a crisis. Look at what he says. He says, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. So the first thing that we need to do if we're going to have an anchor in the middle of a crisis is we got to stand firm in your faith in God. Firm in your faith in God. Today, that is more important than ever before. If there was ever an attack on the faith or the belief in in God, it is now. Where we used to take it as just Second, like every second nature, every, of course they go to church. Of course they're a Christian. I grew up in a generation, everybody went to church. Everybody believed in God. It, it wasn't something that was, was uncommon. It was uncommon if you didn't. Now we live in a day where it's uncommon if someone really believes in God, if someone goes to church. And so what we have to do is make sure we stand firm in our faith in God, that we're not going to be moved. We know who God is, and we're not going to be knocked off track because of doubt and fear and unbelief. We've got to build up our faith. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, this is the faith passage really in the Bible. Uh, look at what it says. Now, faith is the assurance or the title deed. So faith, what is it? Look, if, I, if I've got to build up faith, if I've got to stand firm in my faith and my belief in God, I need to know what is faith. And look at what he says in, in verse 1. He says, look, it's the assurance. Now, this is the Amplified Version. I love the Amplified Version. Uh, Amplified Version, I actually put brackets. And so the brackets help us to better understand the original text. And so this is not actually in the Bible, but it helps us to interpret the Bible. And so I love what he put here. Faith is what? Pastor, I need faith. I've got to stand firm in my faith in God. What is it? Faith is the title deed. It's the title deed. It's the confirmation of things hoped for divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not yet seen. Oh, okay. So, so faith is the guarantee that I have what I can't see. Faith is the guarantee that I have what I haven't experienced, what I can't feel, what, can't, what, I, what, what I can't touch with my senses. Faith is like, hey, you've got the title deed to the promise that God has for your life. And Jehoshaphat, he had a word from God. And so that word in his faith mixed with that word was really the thing that allowed him to walk out the victory that God had for his life. So let, let me explain it like this. When Phyllis and I first got married, uh, we were young. Uh, I was 22 and she was 21. So we're young in love. And within about the first year of marriage, uh, we decided, hey, we're going to buy a new car together. And so Phyllis 
wanted a convertible. Come on, all the ladies. Anybody got a convertible? She's like, baby, I'd, I'd like to have a convertible. No problem. Let's look. And so I went online looking. Back then, eBay was popular. And so I'm looking online. I found the perfect car for Phyllis. It was a 1996 Ford Mustang GT convertible, candy apple red with black leather interior, had spoiler, had some amazing rims. I mean, this car was fly. And I, I'm like, man, Phyllis is going to love this. It was in California. Perfect price. Great deal. It only had 23,000 miles on it. So I'm like, man, this is awesome. This is great. I'm going to buy it for it. So I buy the car on eBay, paid in full, paid cash for the car and uh, paid for the shipment. They're going to have to ship it three days from California to Texas. How many know that car needs to get to Texas as fast as possible? So I tell Phyllis about the car, show her the car. She is pumped. I mean, no, happy wife equals a happy life. And so she's thrilled. She's pumped. Look, never in the time that it took to get the car did she ever worry that she wasn't going to get the car. She trusted me. She had faith in me. I said I bought the car, paid for the car, and was having it shipped to our place of business. And so look, all you got to do, baby, just show up at the right place at the right time to receive what's already been paid for. And I want you to know that while it was in transit, she wasn't fretting. She wasn't worried. She had one thing on her mind. Look, I'm going to be there when that car gets there. Why? Because it's paid in full. I believe that faith is the title deed to God's promise for your life. Just like I purchased that car for Phyllis, paid in full. Faith is the statement of God. I believe, God, I believe it's done. It's the title deed of God's promise for your life. That's why the enemy wants to rob you of your faith. That's why the enemy wants you not to believe in the word of God. See, if Phyllis had not been at the right place at the right time, she wouldn't have received what I had already paid for in full for her to receive. The enemy the only power he has, and you got to listen to me, the only power he has is the power of a perceived lie. Let me say that again. See, he wants to miss you, mess you up so that you're not in the right place at the right time. So that's what faith does, right? Faith destroys, or that's what doubt does. Doubt destroys the belief that God's going to do what he said he was going to do. Because when I believe God, that means I get in a position to be at the right place at the right time to receive what God has for me in my life life. And so we've got to understand that faith, we've got to develop it. We've got to cultivate it. And someone say, well, pastor, that's great. How do I develop it? How do I cultivate? I'm glad you asked. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, the word of God. That's where as believers, I have never seen in my lifetime a falling away of the love of the word of God like we see today. You've got Christians, maybe you're watching right now, God saved you, God set you free, delivered you, but you've never developed an appetite for the word of God. You've never really opened up the Bible for yourself. I wanna encourage you, if you're gonna have faith, if you're going to have an anchor for your soul, if you're not going to waver in your belief in God, if you want to really stand firm, you're going to have to dive into the word of God. It's the only way to develop faith in your life. Now, I know someone says, okay, that's great. Um, man, it's awesome. 
is it really that big of a deal? It is that big of a deal. In fact, think of it this way. The Word of God, when you read it, it's like spending time with God Himself. I mean, it's, it's this unfolding in your heart. It comes alive. I want to show you what the Bible says in John 1, 1. Look at what it says. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What are you saying, Pastor? When you read the Bible, you're actually spending time with God himself. Man, no wonder there's such an attack on the word of God. Because when I hang out with God, how many know I begin to look like God, act like God, talk like God? How many know that who you hang out with is who you become? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The same is true with God's word. You show me your Bible and I'll show you your future. Why? Because when you've got your Bible and you're spending time in God's word, you're going to begin to look like God. You're going to begin to talk like God. You're going to begin to act like God. The faith of God is going to rise up inside of you because you're literally spending time with God. So I want to encourage you, even over these 21 days of prayer and fasting, say, God, I'm diving in. God, I'm going to read more than ever. Lunch break, read. Why? We're not eating. That's the point of the fast. We're not eating the food. So it's like, God, instead, I'm going to spend time with you. And I want to encourage you to cultivate that love and that passion for God like never before. Look at the second thing he says, Jehoshaphat. He says, look, the second thing is I want you to believe in his prophets and you will succeed. So he's talking to God's people. He said, so first you got to believe in God. That's how you stand firm. Now, the second thing is I want you to believe in his prophets, and then you're going to be able to have victory. You're going to succeed. Now, when you look at this passage, we don't really hear a lot about prophets and prophetic and I want you to understand in this time when he says believe in his prophets, that would have been important because a prophet was someone back in the Old Testament that God would speak to. And then God, as he spoke to that person, he would speak to God's people or an individual or a king or somebody. But he spoke on behalf of God to whoever the message was going to. And so the belief in the prophet would have been important because if I didn't believe he was hearing from God, I wouldn't do what it is that he's telling me to do. And so we look at that. As a believer today, I don't have to have someone be a mediator between me and God. The power of the Holy Spirit, when we're saved, he comes in us. We get all of God and the Holy Spirit is the way that we get to hear from God. He speaks to us. He's the one that tells us, hey, go this way. Don't go. It's the gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit. That's what we received through the new covenant. When Jesus came to this earth, he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. The shedding of his blood gave us the new covenant. And that's the access into the throne room of God so that we could have an authentic, real relationship with him. And so now the prophets, what I would love to see in this is not even just belief in the prophet. I would say it like this, a belief in the prophetic word of God. That God, when he speaks to me, that God, as you speak into my heart, that something prophetically, then what's going to happen? I'm going to get success. I'm going to succeed. The battle belongs to the Lord. 
Now, a prophetic word, you don't hear a whole lot about that, but prophetic words can be delivered in lots of ways. You could actually have a prophet. There are modern prophets today that prophesy, that speak prophetically into people's lives. Uh, you could have a pastor. I could speak into your life, see something prophetically. I, I, I find when I spend time with people, I speak into their life, and that can be a prophetic word from God to you from me. You can get a prophetic word from a family member, from a spouse, from a friend, from a stranger. Uh, you could get that word sitting there reading your Bible. The point is, there is a word from God that is this revelation of what God wants you to do. And it's that prophetic word that moves us forward in victory so that we can succeed. It puts us in position. I, I had this happen, and we've had this happen as a church. Three months ago, we bought our very first campus for Sunday mornings. We're so thrilled. Our brand new campus, we closed on April 20th. Come on, somebody. I can't wait. I'm going to uh, release some films and footage of our, our, our architectural drawings. And so it's amazing what God has done. But really, the purchase and acquisition of that campus was birthed out of a prophetic word that was given to me and Pastor Phyllis and our church in 2018. Pastor Benny Perez from the church Las Vegas came here. And those of you that were around, you remember he uh, came out and then we had revival break out, healings take place. And I'll never forget, it was a Monday night. He was standing right over here, right behind me. And he began to release the word of God. And at the end of the service, he looked at me and Phyllis and he said, I believe 2019 is your year to buy land or a building or property. God's going to do something supernaturally. Well, when he said it, I wasn't even thinking about a property. We had just finished the dream center. I'm like, okay, give us a little bit of time. We'll, we'll look for a property. But the prophetic word moved my heart in such a way that as a church, we got into position. So I began to ponder the word, I began to say, okay, God, if that's your word for us as a church, we're going to have to do a few things. So we gathered some people that would begin to help us look for a property. We consulted with uh, commercial realtors. We hired a consultant to get our church into position. Look, if God was going to bring a property or a building, I wanted to make sure we were in position. So the prophetic word moved us forward. But what happened? I had to believe in the prophetic word. I mean, anybody could have said I wouldn't have believed him, but I believe Pastor Benny Perez because he is a voice in my life. And so I believed and therefore I got into position. And then we just continue to cast vision. God moved us forward. Uh, and then like you've heard, I mean, the amazing thing happened just three months ago. We bought and closed on the campus. But here's the cool thing. In 2019, in December, that's when we actually signed the contract uh, that would get us to the purchase. And so I believe Pastor Benny's word was there. He said, you're going you're gonna to grab it. We did. But it wasn't just Pastor Benny's word. I had a second prophetic word. I never forget through the process. I'm like, God, I don't know uh, what to, are, are you sure you're in this? Because it sure seems hard. I, I don't know if, if, are you sure? I never forget. I came here on a Saturday morning for prayer. Saturday morning, 9 a.m., 9 to 10. We do prayer here at the Dream Center. And I was coming here and God, the, the, I just said, God, are you sure we're supposed to continue to move forward? And I'll never forget, I opened my journal. I've got three or four of them. Just happened to open this one. Just literally ask God the question. And Jeremiah 32, 27 was the very first passage that I read. The very first passage that I read in my life. And look at what it says. I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? 
that prophetic word moved us forward. That prophetic word held me steadfast in the midst of the storms that came that try to keep us from acquiring that property. That is the word that gave me the victory that God had for our church and for my life. I want to encourage you, believe in, hold on to, and protect the prophetic word that God speaks into your life. At the beginning of this year, I asked every one of you, man, dive into the presence of God. We were doing 21 days of prayer and fasting in January and get a word from God. Allow Him to speak to your heart. And I know as a church, He gave us a word. That word was moving forward, that that God was going to move us forward. Didn't matter what it looked like, that even if it looked like we were going backwards, God was going to move us forward because sometimes you got to go backwards to go forward and I'm not going to be swayed by what I see. I'm not going to be swayed by what I feel. I'm going to be steadfast in the prophetic word that God has given to me and to this church. And I want to encourage you to go back to the word that God spoke. You might say, hey, Pastor God, I I don't know that I have one. I want to encourage you. Yeah, you do. He spoke to our church. If you don't feel like you have a specific word, I'm going to give you one. Move forward. Moving forward. Your life is to move forward, not to be stuck, not to drift and be lost, but your life is to be steadfast in the promises that God has for you. You. So you got to believe in, you got to hold on to that. You got to protect it. I remember several times through the property, I, I, I felt like giving up. I was at one time discouraged and the Lord just brought me back. Did I not say, did I not say nothing is too hard for me? It held me. It caused me to be strong in the word of God. It, it caused me to be anchored. Why? Because of his prophetic word that I received, I held on to, I guarded, I protected, and I grabbed a hold of that word. Now, here's my question as we close today. Here's the thing that I want to ask you, and I really want you to take some time this week. You don't have to answer it right now, but what is the prophetic word from God that you're holding on to in your life? What is it that He spoke to you? What is it that He put in your heart. Maybe someone spoke it to you. Maybe maybe you heard me speak on a Sunday and a word just dropped in your heart and you grabbed a hold. That, that's really the prophetic word. It's man, the, a man of God, someone you trust speaks and you're like, God, that was a word for me. I, I, go back to it. What What is the prophetic word? Not what's obvious. Look, don't be Captain Obvious. Come on, <laughs> you know, point out all the things that are obvious. No, no. I'm asking you, what is the thing that you're holding up? What's the word that's not obvious? The word that seems impossible. Remember Jehoshaphat, he is in a crisis. He's about to be defeated by the enemy. But I want to give you the rest of that story. What happens is they go out there, they stand strong, and God brings confusion on the enemy, and they destroy one another. And the Bible says as they worshiped God. Oh, come on. You can only worship when you believe. You can only worship when you got a word. You can only worship when you know that God is in control. I'm not going to be moved by my circumstances. So the people of God begin to worship. It was so amazing. As you read the story, which we're going to talk a little bit about over the next couple of weeks, but worship is going to be one of the topics. They actually sent their worship leaders, the ones who led in worship, in front of the army. Can you imagine 
Vanessa, I actually kind of can put on some combat boots, put on her little camo pants, going out there ready to worship in front of the army. They sent the worshipers because they knew God had given them a word of victory that he was going to defeat the enemies. And lo and behold, they worshiped and the enemy was defeated. It was based out of a prophetic word. Grab the word that God has placed in your life. Hold on to that word that God has placed in your life for your for your family, for your life, for our church. And I believe that this is a season of breakthrough. I have never been more convinced in my life of the word that God spoke moving forward. I believe the purchase of that property is just a part of it. I believe revival is coming. I believe God's awakening our hearts. He's awakening your hearts. He's doing something new, something that we've never experienced before. And it's going to take the word of God, the prophetic word of God, the faith in God for us to anchor our souls and to not drift from God's promise. Yeah.